Welcome to the Open Doors Initiative podcast. My name is Jan McDonough. We work with companies, NGOs and government to create employability for marginalised groups. These include people with disabilities, migrants and disadvantaged youth. You can visit us on opendoorsinitiative.ie. My first guest today is Maeve McElwee, Director of Employee Relations in IBEC. I wanted to talk to her about what changes business are anticipating in the coming months and what the future of work may look like. Maeve, there's been a lot of change recently. Um, We're here today to discuss how that impacts on business. So what are the big changes that have happened in business? Well, I suppose the the big changes really have been um, so enormous, it's almost difficult to describe um, what impacts have been on business. Um, We could, you know, we could talk all day about all of the impact that different organisations have seen. And it's been different depending on how each sector has been impacted by COVID-19, as we've seen the progression of the disease within our own economy and, and the public health environment, of course. I think The one that sort of resonates with most people is the fact that we've seen a huge change and almost a split between those people who are still going out to work, um, frontline workers and people working in essential services, and everybody who is now at home who can possibly be at home working remotely. Um, And the big changes that that has brought about both in workplaces and working remotely at home. And then, of course, not to forget that there's an awful lot of people who have Um, been made uh, either redundant or put on layoff for a short time in this period. And again, very challenging time for people there, wondering how they themselves will get back into the workplace over the coming time. So huge change, you know, really seismic change across business um, at the moment. What does this mean for the future? What impact is this going to have on business and how it's conducted? In terms of people who are continuing to work, but working remotely, I think it's really going to see quite a a speeding up of some of the issues that we had already seen as a result of the fact that we were in a full economy um, as we approach this particular crisis. So economically, things were uh, very solid for Ireland at the time that the pandemic uh, first started to hit, which was a very fortunate position for us to be in. Um, And one of the big issues that we had seen in the HR community was a need for us to continue looking at how we would support people in a full employment environment, but looking at some of the challenges that were there around recruitment and retention, um, lots of issues, particularly around inclusion for people who were finding it difficult to either access the labour market or to remain in the labour market, whether that's around transport issues, childcare issues, or general work permit issues, all of those uh, criteria were weighing very heavily on the minds of employers. And remote working and flexible working had actually become a very significant issue for lots of businesses, looking at opportunities to be able to attract and retain talent from everywhere within the labour market. And while I would say there was quite um, a strong indication that employers were really keen to get this up and running, equally there were a number who were just dipping a toe in the water, maybe looking at it in a very conservative way. And I think this will have pushed many employers over the edge and said, "Okay, actually, this can work. 
Now, it's not going to work necessarily in the way that we're doing it right now, because most of us were pushed in an emergency situation into remote working. And in a way, we would never have imagined that we would send anybody out to work remotely. But huge learnings around actually what can be done and what can be achieved. And over time, there will be opportunities to address different roles, to look at how we can do it more perfectly in a more controlled environment. But I think it will certainly have given employers um, a great opportunity to look and see what can be done and how valuable and effective remote working can be. In the workplace itself, I think, you know, very significant changes around how we engage real importance now around the consciousness for people's health, safety and well-being and a big challenge for employers and employees to come together to manage that confidence in terms of people's ability to be out in the workplace and to feel that they are managing the risk as effectively as they possibly can until such time as we have vaccines or adequate testing to deal with the virus and to make sure that that connection is there between everybody and to keep those lines of communication open and to keep that vigilance in place, which is always a challenge because human nature is such that once we become accustomed to a risk, you know, whether that's getting into the car and driving along the motorway or accepting that we get flu most winters, this can't be normalised until such time as we're, we're at that process. And it will be really important that we're vigilant in workplaces um, into the longer term. What kind of challenges have arisen for business that both help or disadvantage it going into the future? Well, I think um, the disadvantages are probably somewhat self-evident because clearly we're going to see a huge drop in economic activity over the period of the COVID-19 disease and its prevalence here in Ireland. So, you know, obviously we've seen huge amounts of people coming out of the workforce, moving into the temporary wage subsidy schemes, the pandemic unemployment payment, and that's going to have considerable effects in the longer term. So that that will be a a huge challenge and will be a a major disadvantage to lots of people and people particularly who may find it'll be much longer for them to get back into the workforce um, and for the sectors in which they have been working to reopen um, and maybe facing longer periods of time out of the labour market than would have been expected. On the advantages side, I think we have got a really great line of sight around how we can be a very flexible workforce, the resilience that we have within the workforce and the ability for people to be you know, really competent and, and work very well and very collaboratively, even though we mightn't necessarily all be on the same sites. I think we've really learned a lot about the trust that we place in each other and in our employees. You know, one of the questions that we would endlessly have been asked around, well, how do I know what people are doing when I can't see them? Well, actually, you know, for the most part, the vast majority of people come to work every day and actually contribute their very best. And while we intrinsically know that, we still work to those older ways of working where we like to see it in action. But actually what this has given us is a really great sense of trust in terms of the people that we work with who really have turned out really some absolutely incredible productivity and work and engagement to support their own colleagues and employers um, as we have worked our way through this uh, particular crisis. So I think lots of opportunity there for businesses to draw down on. Lots of learnings still to be achieved. I think no matter what way we look at this particular crisis, one of the big issues that will come out of it is the importance of communications. Um, And we've heard this in every situation for years and years, but 
I think it really comes to the fore when you have lots of people working remotely um, and you have lots of people needing to work in a situation of physical distancing. The importance of management and then trickling that all the way down through all of the different support structures within an industry has really become paramount. So for people to know what's going on, to understand what's going on, to have information shared with them and to main that, maintain that connectivity between people and their colleagues so that, you know, not just for the ability to work effectively, but actually for people's mental health. Um, and well-being. It's to have those connections that, you know, we would normally have just by the, the good morning or the cup of tea that you might yeah. share in the canteen. It's really important to have, I suppose, an overload almost of communications and to be willing for that to change over time as the, the processes change. Obviously, we work with marginalised groups. Do you think this is going to impact on them in a good or bad way as well? I think, you know, in many ways, um, we should see lots of opportunities for people in marginalised groups coming through, particularly when we look at areas around the opportunities to take up different forms of working now in particular. So the the challenges that were probably there in the labour market in the past in getting people over the line of considering things like flexible working, remote working, you know, shift working in areas where maybe we haven't seen shift working before, I think we're all going to be looking at those. And I think that does provide lots of opportunities for people who can't work in traditional environments um, and can't work traditional core hours to give them much more opportunity to be able to work and to work in ways that suit them and that suit their own work style, their own personal needs, and also to deal with things like family and caring responsibilities as well. So I think the fact that we've been immersed in this for a considerable period of time, and for many of us for a considerable period of time to come, I think more than anything, it demonstrates that lots of things are possible and that actually the labour market should be very much more accessible to people who don't work in the standard way and that those adjustments actually are are much easier to make than we had imagined. What will be the end result or the work in progress after all of this? I think it's very difficult to say at this point in time um, because, you know, this crisis is, you know, so out of the realm of anything that business has dealt with in many years. You know, it's important to remember that we were already facing into a very significant period of change. And a lot of the work that we had been doing prior to this had been around the future of work and what that future was going to look like, the changes that new technology was going to bring, the fact that, you know, we are seeing huge change in terms of the nature of the work that's done and how that work is carried out. And already we knew that organisations were starting to look at redundancy in terms of the types of jobs that we currently have in our organisations versus what we were going to need in five and ten years time. And starting to look at the upskilling and the training opportunities to make sure that people were ready for that transition and to move that along. And I don't think that has changed. In fact, if anything, this has probably moved that forward for lots of businesses and to start to look at that practical reality of how we are going to work. Um, And it's probably given some tangible sense in some ways to how we're going to need to interact with technology, how we're going to need to rely on that and how we're going to need to operate globally. One of the big issues that I think is going to be really important for Irish business is the fact that you know, there are lots of questions around globalization and international supply chains and so on. 
But for Ireland, we are actually a global hub and it will be really important that we find ways to continue to operate in a global environment and to make sure that you know, we continue to produce and work closely with all of our counterparts worldwide. And I think the technology that we have really gives us that opportunity and broadens that opportunity for everybody within our society to be able to access that and to, to work in new ways as business goes forward. You can contact us at info at opendoorsinitiative.ie with any specific questions or comments. Please also check out our toolkit and the other podcasts in the series at our website, opendoorsinitiative.ie.